Arcana is Latin for secrets, and we have minor and major ones in a tarot deck. Yet, how did the tarot evolve from being playing cards to a divination tool? Stay tuned, because you're about to find out. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Angela Puka and welcome to my symposium. I'm a PhD and a university lecturer and this is your online resource for the academic study of magic, esotericism, paganism, shamanism and all things occult. Today's video is brought to you by James Vitale. Thank you so much, James, for commissioning this video and I look forward to hearing what you think of it. It may surprise you to know that although there are innumerable books on the tarot, there are very few academic sources on the topic. The most comprehensive text in academic scholarship, which is going to be the source of this video's content, is A Cultural History of the Tarot by Helen Fairley. There are many theories on the origins of the tarot, but we know from historical records that there was a proliferation of references to playing cards from 1370, references we don't find in prior history. The deck's appearance occurred most certainly in Italy, through the prosperous seaport of Venice that was dealing with a brisk trade with the countries of the East and the Near East. Upon its first emergence, the deck already had a stable structure of 52 cards distributed through four suits. This makes it highly unlikely that these cards were a local invention, as there is no evidence of progenitor or transitional decks. There are a few theories on the importation of the cards to Europe. A couple of popular speculations indicate that they might have developed from the Indian game of Ganjifa or from a Chinese card game, both of which present similarities with the first deck that emerged in Italy. After all, Venice was a seaport, entertaining trade relations with many countries around the world. However, historical evidence points at a more likely Arabic derivation from the Mamluk Empire, possibly entering Europe via Muslim Spain or Italy. We know this is the case as we find several references to the cards having such roots. As Fairley reports, an inventory of the possessions of the Duke of Orleans, written in 1408, expressly detailed a Saracen card deck. Dummett also cited an inventory of 1460 contained in the archive of a Barcelona notary, which included the entry, packs of ordinary playing cards and other Moorish games. Most famously, Yuzzo da Coveluzzo, in his Historia della Città di Viterbo, refers to the cards as a Saracen invention. There's also a theory that sees the origin of the tarots in Egypt, most notably upheld by the Freemason Protestant clergyman and esotericist Antoine Coe de Gebelin, just before the French Revolution. Another theory that points at a French derivation of the tarot trumps was proposed by the American scholar Charlene Gates 
in her doctoral dissertation, hypothesizing that the symbolism of the tarot trance was derived from a common pool of medieval iconography that arose in southern France in the 12th century. However, documentary evidence indicates that the arrival of the ordinary playing card deck in Europe predated the appearance of the tarot by about 50 years, and that the oldest extant tarot decks were from northern Italy dating to the first half of the 15th century. The cards were initially called Carte de Trionfi in Old Italian, indicating that one card would triumph over another during the play. This was a descriptive term to distinguish the tarot deck from regular playing cards. By the 16th century, this term was replaced by tarocchi, though the etymology remains mysterious. Anecdotally, in Italy we still use the term tarocchi to refer to the tarot cards. And colloquially, when we say that something is tarocco, it means that it is fake or fabricated. The tarot was probably invented at the court of Milan either for or by Duke Filippo Maria Visconti as stated by Jacopo Antonio Marcello in his letter to Queen Isabella. The first decks, referred to as Visconti di Modrone and Brambilla, were the blueprint for the one that followed, the Visconti Sforza deck. These first decks were likely used as playing cards, as there is no evidence of their use for fortune-telling before the 18th century. The deck spread from Milan to Ferrara and Bologna, getting the Trump order altered at every passage. It was still from Milan that the game spread to the rest of Europe, especially after the city fell to France and Switzerland in the 16th century, and to then later become a popular game in the continent by the end of the 18th century. The Tarot de Marseille became the most popular deck in France and Switzerland around the 17th century, establishing the pattern of cards and visual representations that have endured as a reference for the later decks. The images on the first decks were meant to symbolically represent the life and history of the families Visconti and Sforza. Yet, when they lost their contextual meaning, having entered a foreign country and a different culture, the messages conveyed by those pictures became mysterious and obscure, fostered by the emergence of different occult traditions in France, speculations started to emerge on what the hidden meaning of those cards could have been. And it was here, in 18th century France, that the tarot moved from being seen as a game to a divinatory tool. Two key figures in this process were Antoine Coe de Gébeline, who reinterpreted the deck as the lost book of thought containing the secrets of Egyptian wisdom, and Elifa Levy, who established correspondences between the tarot trumps and astrology, Kabbalah, and other such systems. 
Shortly after, in England, the occult revival saw at first the tarot playing no role in it. It was then, thanks to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, founded in 1888, that the inclusion of the tarot in occult practices first occurred. The Golden Dawn additionally associated the pathways of the Tree of Life with the tarot trumps. This connection was of seminal importance, as it constitutes the foundation of most modern forms of divinatory interpretation. Two Golden Dawn's members, in Fairley's words, were to make invaluable contributions to the esoteric use of the tarot. First, Aleister Crowley expanded the association of tarot trumps with various esoteric schemes. Second, Arthur Edward Waite illustrated the minor arcana cards, the ones that started as peep cards corresponding to the four suits of the Mamluk deck, and Waite did so to facilitate their use in divination. Furthermore, Waite linked tarot to grail mysteries and Christian mysticism, an association that persists to this day within esoteric circles. In a future video, I will investigate the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck in more details. So stay tuned for that. This is it for today's video. Thank you again, James Vitale, for reaching out and commissioning a video on this topic. And as for you, my kind viewer, if you like my content and want me to keep the academic fun going, please consider supporting my work with a one-time PayPal donation by joining memberships or my inner symposium on Patreon, where you will get access to our Discord server, monthly lectures, and lots of other perks depending on your chosen tier. And if you did like this video, don't forget to smash the like button, share the video with your friends, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and activate the notification bell so that you will never miss a new upload from me. Thank you so much for being here and stay tuned for all the academic fun. Bye for now.